All it takes is a click to listen to RTI online. Get exercise for your finger and exercise for your mind at english.rti.org.tw. This is Radio Taiwan International. Thanks so much for joining us today. Up ahead this hour, we're going to take you over to Ear to the Ground and Jukebox Republic. But we start off this week's programs with a new episode of Here in Taiwan. Hello and welcome to Here in Taiwan. Today is Monday, April 6th. Today is another social distancing edition of Here in Taiwan. I'm John Van Trieste, and I'm, for social distancing reasons, joined more than a meter away by Shirley Lin. Yes, hello. <laughs> Up next, when the whole world forgot about one of Taiwan's Pacific Island Nation allies, well, Taiwan certainly did not. We've stepped in and have provided this nation with supplies, and uh, they're thanking us for that. Then well, we're going to find out uh, why Taiwan is one of the only places in the world where schools are still open. And we're also going to hear about a program from the UK that's been picked up here in Taiwan that's helping artists get through the COVID-19 pandemic. All that coming up next. Next, please stick around. Palau is an island nation in the Pacific, about a four-hour flight from here, if I understand correctly, and it's one of the only countries in the world that still maintains diplomatic relations with Taiwan. And fortunately, uh, like many Pacific island nations, Palau has so far escaped having any confirmed infections of COVID-19, at least of the, as of the time when we're recording all this. Right. Things are them. changing all the time. Mm. There was sort of a near scare, though. Uh, apparently in March, uh, early Mar in March, there was an American national, ironically enough, a health worker <laughs> mm -hmm. working for an oh. NGO, okay. uh, who showed symptoms of the disease. And uh, Palau asked for help appealed for help from the world, and no one except for Taiwan answered. Oh. Yes. Uh, it looks like a hospital here in Taiwan uh, called Xinkong Memorial Uhosu Hospital used online video conferencing to instruct local doctors on how to take samples from the patient. And uh, the samples were sent to Taiwan for testing, and the results came back negative. So that's good. Oh, all right. Um, but Palau asked the global community for more help, uh, and none was forthcoming except from Taiwan. There was... Uh, some boxes of supplies that came from the same Xinkong Uhosu Hospital, Memorial Hospital in Taipei. Now, Palau's representative to the United Nations has expressed th her thanks to Taiwan in a tweet. This was on Thursday last week. Okay. And, uh, well, I'll just read it out to you here. It says, quote, Palau has been asking the global community for help, and no, in caps, one, responded except Taiwan. Thank you so much, friends indeed. When all the experts say, test, 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 but no one to help... Thank you, Taiwan. Uh, you know who your friends are, end quote. So uh, that's really nice to hear. Yeah. Um, the foreign ministry says, you know, this, the Taiwan is going to keep helping its allies in the spirit of, this is sort of the new slogan they've adopted, Taiwan can help and Taiwan is, is helping. helping. <laughs> it used to just be Taiwan can help. Right. Who came up with that slogan? I think it came up when like we were excluded from the, w the WHO like a year or so oh. ago. Oh, really? It, Taiwan Can oh, Help has been around for a while, oh, okay. but now they've added an extra bit to that. <laughs> Taiwan, Taiwan is, is helping. helping. Um, so you mean that Taiwan, we also sent them some medical supplies, like 
surgical masks I'm, and stuff? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what was in the kit, but okay. uh, the whole care package that we've sent. But it's it's good to know that so far they've escaped the worst. Um, Taiwan's been helping its allies with medical infrastructure, especially for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and it says here that uh, on on Wednesday, you know, we're helping some other friends too. Uh, President Tsai Ing-wen last week pledged to donate 10 million surgical masks to countries that are seriously affected, with 1 million of those to be given to Taiwan's 15 diplomatic allies. So we are sending masks, I Mm. guess. Um, Also, 2 million masks are going to the U.S., and about 7 million or so. I'm not sure if that's the final number they decided on, but they're going to 11 European countries. So uh, hopefully, as our mask production ramps up, Mm. I know we just had a major milestone recently, like, what was it, 13 million a day? I can't quite remember the number, yeah, but um, it's a, you mm-hmm. know we've like more than quadruple production. Hopefully, as the number of new masks keeps going up, there we'll be able to help more and more other countries as well. So, have you gotten in line to buy masks here yet? I did. Uh, oh, I'm you did. Sure. Oh, I'm, good. Well, no, I wasn't in line actually. Okay. <laughs> I felt kind of bad about it because I I think I may have told you this. Um, I was in, I was going to a pharmacy to get some medicine uh-huh. and pick up a, pres- a prescription not COVID-19 related. And the pharmacist looked at my health insurance card and said, oh, you're eligible to get masks today. Do you want some? We have extra. (laughs) And I was surprised because usually there are very long lines. I know. And, but like there were only a few people coming in asking for them. So they're like, oh, we have some. Do you need them? What time was that? It was in the afternoon, but. Yeah. Apparently, if you don't want to get in a line, you should go like at 2 p.m. But they're usually gone by noon is what I've heard. Uh And then I felt really bad because. Uh, well, I needed some, but um, there was a pharmacy like not three or four doors down with a line around the block almost. Okay. And I wanted to be like, but then I went, this is going to cause a riot. You know what I mean? Like people are going to, this is going to be on the nightly news, like people shoving and I don't want to, you know, let them. Yeah. They're orderly right now. So just. <laughs> well, you know, my husband and I have resorted to um, ordering these masks online. Yeah. And we're still waiting. Um, you haven't gotten we just, yet? Um, well, I mean, we just registered, and uh, um, um, they, it, it takes a couple of days. Right. And they, they say something about picking by lot. I don't know I don't what know that meant, but anyway, lottery. it's our first time. Well. So um, we'll see how that goes, actually. So I guess the thing is, like, look for a pharmacy that doesn't seem to have many people. And if they don't have masks, they always post it in a very big printout letters. Like characters in the window. So you can tell right away what they're out of. Right. Um, But I was surprised that I I was like, uh, someone's going to get hurt if I like. (laughs) I think there's going to be a stampede. So I better not let that let on. Anyway, so the biggest demand now is really mass. And so, uh, yay, we can help our Palauan friends. Yes. Just really quickly, speaking of masks, did you know that... uh, they're fining people for throwing them all over the place. Not everyone. Really? We're mostly orderly, but some people can't behave themselves. Yeah. So this is in Taipei. Um, uh, the Taipei city government announced on April 2nd that if you report mask littering to the authorities, and I guess they have to check it out, you can receive like 30% of the fine. Oh. That's And if you report a lot of them... <laughs> That you could actually probably make. I wonder if that's taxable. <laughs> well, how much do you get fined for throwing so, one mask? Or there is well some changes about this. Okay. okay, so the cabinet, the EPA, which is under the cabinet, said on March 29th that they were going to fine people 
anywhere from twelve hundred to six thousand NT dollars. Six thousand, ouch! Wow, what is that? A hundred and uh, hundred fifty or so. Yeah, that almost almost two hundred. Hundred eighty or so, almost. Uh, uh, however, uh, the EPA discussed discussed it, and uh, originally the minimum fine was just twelve hundred. I don't know how they like do that i you have to like throw away multiple masks to get (laughs) anyway uh i don't understand how that's a sliding scale but they decided to raise the minimum to 30 3600 so you're not going to get away with anything less than around a 90 100 us dollar fine yeah um and you can get a third of 30 percent of that i mean uh if you report you know i've seen like as i'm going home and on streets or in the mrt i see these masks on the floor seen them too it's gross and and i think that Sometimes people accidentally drop them without realizing it. That's the, what happens. Yeah, the wind could blow them out of your yeah. hand, or but but like you should have if you're you should you're supposed to have them on at all times in public transport. So there's no reason for them to be dangling in your hand. Or... Well, actually, when I'm out on the street in the open, I take it off because it's mm. really hard to breathe normally. So that's when when I get into the subway station, that's when yeah. I put it on or indoors. Well, it's kind of a biohazard, I think. Um, there could yeah, be it is. Of virus there's on the still surface. a lot of virus on the yeah. There I could know. be. I mean, uh, germs. Right. They should be okay. thrown away. And anyway, um, just a heads up if you see someone toss a mask in, in Taipei. I think other jurisdictions, I don't know. But okay. you can get 30% of that. <laughs> I hope we're going to have, not going to have mask vigilantes, though. Because I think they had to cancel like a cigarette butt thing because people were like dredging um, them up on purpose. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a system that can, these reward systems can be open to abuse. But anyway, it's there. Many things may be shuddering in the coming days and weeks here in Taiwan, uh, but schools certainly, as of recording time, have not. Yeah. Um, well, okay, what happened was that a British teacher based in Sweden posted a survey in a Facebook group called English Teachers and asked a simple question, in which countries are schools still open as normal? And within just two hours, teachers from about 150 countries said that classes have been suspended, even for those countries where fewer coronavirus case, virus cases have been reported. But incredibly, only teachers from six countries, with Taiwan included, um, that report that schools are still open. Huh. So other countries are like Australia, Singapore, Sweden, Cuba, Cuba, and Tajikistan. 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 Oh, okay. Um, but like, I, that doesn't seem like a very scientific survey to me. Like, just I, well, I guess it's the way of gauging. But yeah, well, actually, there's more facts to this um, because, however, then teachers from three of these countries later clarify that face-to-face learning has been stopped or classes have been severely curtailed. Mm. So Australian schools were reported still open, but most students are said to be doing coursework from home. And then starting on April 1st, all schools in Singapore will have one day of home-based learning a week. And Sweden has closed its universities and high schools, but elementary schools are still in session. So what does that make it? That leaves Taiwan, Cuba, and Tajikistan as schools at all grade levels that are officially open. Wow. So actually, it's three, down to three. Um, one Taiwanese teacher pointed out that all schools are open with the exception of one high school because a student had contracted virus. However, a number of classes have been canceled and moved online at six universities mm. after they reported confirmed cases with disease. So it's not just one university now. Yeah, I've heard also uh, from someone, in a, a parent of a high school kid, that I think it's maybe a private high school, but that some a lot of classes are being done on, online mes- through you know yeah. video messaging apps and things like that. Right. It's kind of weird. 
like you know, like I said, I, I'm I'm really still not used to this social distancing myself. I think yeah. um, that though, like things have gotten a lot better because I remember one time when I was in university, we actually had a Chinese class taught by a Taiwanese professor. And in Taiwan, you mean? No, 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 in in oh. the states. But okay. for some reason, they couldn't be there, and we had to be at home. Mm -hmm. And. It was kind of chaos. So I think <laughs> the apps that they have these days are much better. Oh, okay. Okay, sure, sure. Um, now, a Bloomberg report published on March 28th stated that 160 countries have closed schools, meaning that nearly 90% of the world's students are no longer attending classes. Oh. The report listed Singapore, Australia, Sweden, Taiwan, and a few U.S. states... Well, as the last places where school is still in session. I think those U.S. states are going to gradually gonna come be... to their senses. Things are getting pretty ugly over I know, there. pretty ugly. Anyway, now, one Taiwanese Facebook user said students were not really thrilled about having to keep on going to school. <laughs> Taiwanese <laughs> students are not happy because we still have to go to school every day. But another group member responded, indeed, parents are happy. Because, <laughs> you know, parents have to work, whether it's at home or whatever. But if you've got kids at home, uh, it's so yeah. hard to entertain them or nothing. I mean, especially like preschool kids, right? right? And, you know, lately there have been a lot of YouTubes. Have you seen it? Where parents are trying to entertain their kids and they do have everything. They're doing everything that they can to entertain it. And it's like parents can be pretty creative. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm talking about mostly parents uh, abroad. I mean, in other countries. I haven't seen, I don't know, Tommy's parents... Probably not as fun and entertaining. <laughs> These days, I think most Taiwanese parents would probably just hand over a smartphone and say, knock uh, yourself out. Oh, uh, yeah. I yeah. mean, that, when you look I at think... kids in public, that's what you often see. Yeah, but... I know. It's true. But anyway, um, you know, what can you do? I mean, uh, schools staying open during a time like this is good for the parents, but maybe not so exciting for the kids. <laughs> no. But the thing is that you wouldn't want to delay um, graduation. I don't know. Would they know? have to be like, held back? Yeah, right? Well, you don't want that to happen. I've still means... seen kids out like in parks and stuff, often wearing masks. Mm -hmm. But I mean, like we can still go outdoors too. So it's not like there's nothing you can do. Yeah, I know. They're not stuck inside all day. But yeah, if parents have to work, then yeah. that's not very convenient. So it's not. So well, anyway, we'll see if we can keep this going. <laughs> like I said, as of recording time. So yes. things are changing very quickly. One thing that's not open, though, are is baseball stadiums. Uh -huh. uh, it's sort of Taiwan's favorite pastime. I don't it's think, a national or, sport. I don't know if it's a favorite pastime. People watch it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of a lot of younger kids play too. Um, and the, our professional baseball league announced April first that the games are going to be held for the first time in it's the league's history with no spectators. Once the right. games open on April eleventh, um, that's going to be eerie, though. Yeah, got to get used to it too, right? <laughs> the only sport I can think of where no sound at all, you can call it a sport, is golf. Uh, where everyone's very quiet and yeah. like no golf clap. <laughs> <They don't... laughs> That's the only like event like that that I can think of where more quiet quietness sport. is sort yeah. of acceptable. Uh -huh. I don't know, like, is croquet loud? <laughs> I don't, curling, maybe. Uh -huh. But, like, yeah, they're going to open their season on April 11th. So it's going to be very interesting to see the televised footage of this. Right. Um, yeah, the league said that it will open as scheduled, but no fans are going to be allowed in until this pandemic is over. 
And apparently, we're going to be the first pro baseball league in the world to open their season since the outbreak began. So I think other leagues may have canceled their season altogether. I don't know. Um, And they say that the the offices, because I guess they have office workers behind the whole thing, too, (laughs) Mm. are working from home or not going into the office so much. Oh, wow. So even season ticket holders, I mean, this is going to really hurt their bottom line because with no fans in the stadium... I guess you don't really think about it until now, but because uh, the athletes are kind of the centerpiece. But if no one's cheering, if there's no ambiance, I know it's just not the same. And how? Do, but those poor announcers. How, <laughs> that's got to be a weird dynamic, like to be, you know, no, keep, they can still do it. But to keep up that level of enthusiasm <laughs> when there's no cheering or something to. Well, here's the thing: everybody's gonna be home watching on TV, right? Right. And they'll be shouting and blowing the horns and clapping <sighs> and know. doing the waves at home, probably. That's... That if they were to broadcast that onto the stadium, maybe. Oh, I see right? what you're saying. Like a home cam. <laughs> home cam. <laughs> like a fan reaction. That would be interesting. Right. That's, you should pitch that to them. <laughs> right. I don't know. Who should I call? <laughs> I don't know. But someone, I mean, I, I wonder, like, without the excitement of a crowd, is it even exciting to watch anymore? Somehow it just seems to really uh, fall. It seems to sort of deflate the excitement level, even well, if you have really good plays. So. Well, this has nothing to do with Taiwan. But when I was in Japan, because Japan baseball is a, a, a thing, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got into baseball in Japan. Really? And that's, like, really oh, Who's your team? Yeah, well, I don't remember. <laughs> I was like cheering any team. It's just love watching the game. I just love watching the game. Period. And with with my dad, mm. you know, with my brother. Yeah. So it's a it's a thing. Yeah, yeah. I think without fans, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe the with the Olympics, it's a good thing that they postponed it because that's just got to be really weird to watch. Yeah. Well, UK artist Matthew Burroughs hit on a really interesting idea to help artists get through this epidemic because a lot of people are out of work. Uh, Their exhibitions have been canceled or no one's showing up. I mean, how do you make money through this? Well, he developed a project called Artist Support Pledge, and it's going to run through the end of May. It's got around 2,000 artists participating. And so Taiwan's picked up this idea now. Uh, It's got its own version, Artist Support Pledge Taiwan, which is run by artist Wang Jianyang. Uh, the idea is that artists sell their work sort of online and f- they have a, a maximum price. So nothing extravagant. Wow. Um, well, the idea is they want to sell okay. something, right? Okay, yeah. So yeah. Uh, in, in the British version, it was 200 pounds was the limit. That's about $246 US. And they sell it through social media. And they sell a couple different works. And once their, their take of their, from a couple different pieces has reached 1,000 pounds... They have to help another artist by buying one of their works. So they're maybe oh. out of about 200 pounds themselves, but they've got 1,000. So they have yeah. 800 left over, right? Right. And the idea is it's like a chain. Oh. You sell certain works. Okay, I've reached this threshold. Now I send some of that to a different or a different artist. And that way everyone helps everyone get out of this. Yeah. Um, and uh, in Ty- the Taiwanese version, they've decided that the maximum price is 6000 800 dollars. That's about mm-hmm. 224 US dollars. When someone reaches 20,000 NT in sales, they have to buy at least one other artist's artwork. Mm. Many are participating and they're making sales. Uh, in just one day, we got almost 2,000 Taiwanese artists involved. So uh, wow. some of them are already sold out. Oh, wow. There you go. It's going to run also through the end of May and you can find them on Facebook. Also, they have a hashtag, hashtag artist support pledge dot, uh, artist support pledge TW for Taiwan. Okay. 
that does it for today's edition of Here in Taiwan. I'm John Van Trieste. And I'm Shirley Lin. Everyone stay safe and stay tuned next for Ear to the Ground and Jukebox Republic. It's that time of year again, back to school time. And by now, every student and teacher in Taiwan has begun the fall semester. Even the ones who found a good excuse to skip the first week of classes, sort of like my own broadcasting students who somehow thought that I'd canceled the first day of class, which I had not. I mean, who does that? But that's another story. I'm Andrew Ryan, and in today's Ear to the Ground, I'm going to bring you on the 420-step climb to my little classroom to show you how it's not always so easy to go back to school. I'm standing in front of my school, Mingchuan University, which is located in the northern part of Taipei City. Morning traffic zooms past the front gate, and students are funneling into the university via a tunnel. They've begun the slow and steady climb, which will bring them up the mountain to their respective classrooms. The first time I made the climb, I was thinking to myself, you've got to be kidding me. Do I really have to climb the stairs? Where's the elevator? Maybe a little elevator off to the side for teachers or something? And no, it turns out that there is no elevator. The students have to climb the steps every day, and so do the teachers. And if you climb all the way to the top, that's equivalent to climbing a 20-story building. So what do you do if you break your leg? Well, I had a student one year who was on crutches, and they allowed her to take a taxi in the front gate and up the mountain. But for the rest of the students, though, they have to rely on their own two feet. And that means taking it slow and wearing sensible shoes. There's actually a joke that dates back to when Mingchuan was an all-girls college. It goes kind of like this. Why do the girls of Mingchuan have rabbits following them up the stairs? And the answer? Because they have lobotoi. They have carrot legs. You see, if you climb the stairs a lot, then your calves will stick out a bit. And the way you say that in Chinese is lobotoi, or carrot legs. And of course, the rabbits come in because, well, they like carrots. That's the school bell, and as you can hear, plenty of students are still making their way up the stairs. I guess with all those steps, they have a pretty good excuse for being late. They certainly don't see anyone running up the stairs to make it to class on time. And about that bell, it probably sounds pretty familiar. It's the Westminster Chimes, which is the same melody that's used at Big Ben in London. Almost every primary and secondary school in Taiwan uses the same ring. And apparently they use it in Japan, too, which could be how it came to Taiwan in the first place, during the Japanese occupation, which was roughly the first 50 years of the last century. By the time I reach the top, I have to admit I'm a little bit out of breath. But it's worth it. Here at the top of the mountain, 
you can see this amazing view of the Taipei Basin far below. You can see the metro line snaking up through the buildings to the northern shore of Taiwan in the little seaside town of Danshui, where the Danshui River lets out into the ocean, and you can see some amazing sunsets. And uh, it's kind of a smoggy day today. It's not the clearest view that I've gotten here, but it's still pretty amazing nonetheless. It's one of those views that you only get from the mountains that surround the city of Taipei. Even though it's kind of a hard climb to get up to the top of here, you're well rewarded by the time you get to the top. There's a nice cool breeze, a nice view, and uh, not so many teachers and students make it up this far. <laughs> so I've got this little rooftop platform all to myself. The question is now, how am I gonna get back down again? And the answer, we'll let gravity do the work. With an ear to the ground, I'm Andrew Ryan. Welcome to Chubas Republic. I'm Shirley Lin. This is Deng Furu, also known as Afu. Well, Afu is more a, a nickname for guys, but anyway. So, um, I saw her name on last week's charts. She's not in the top, but I miss her. It's been a long while that I've heard her voice. I introduced her a long time ago, back in 2013 and also 2012. When in 2012 she was nominated for Best New Artist at that year's Golden Melody Awards. Anyway, let's have a listen to this first song here. It's a Xuni Xiang Wo Kan, featuring Huang Lei. <laughs> Chào 
我再也不用撰写诗篇，因为我们已经在诗里面。当我的内心世界被你的眼睛细细翻阅，我终于了解，幸福的枝微末节才是最天堂的滋味。That was Deng Fu Ru, also known as Ah Fu, with the song "Xu Ni Xiang Wo Kan." You're listening to Jubas Republic. I'm Shirley Lin.、Um, haven't heard from Deng Fu Ru for quite a while.、Um, saw her name on last week's Mandarin、um, music charts, not in the top, okay, but still, you know, just want to hear her voice again. So she grew up listening to the late Teresa Tang songs. Teresa Tang was someone. Oh, just amazing! She used to go to like military bases and sing there, and she's very well known in China. She's she was very welcomed in China too, and、um, she was one of the first to like broadcast a voice over the air at RTI. Actually, yeah, and、uh, we still have some of her albums, like、um, the uh, the vinyl uh, vinyl records. Anyway, so、um, Deng Furu, I guess she. Also likes Western music because she once covered Bruno Mars'、uh, "Nothing on You" and put it on the internet in a week's time. This was before she became popular. Her video got like more than one million、uh, clicks, likes, you know, for covering Bruno Mars' "Nothing on You."、Um, she had also written a song called "Angel." That's a long time ago. It was originally written to remember the days when she was brought up by her foster parents when she was little and how she really missed her real mom. But then, when she was shooting the music video for this song, she heard about the death of her ex-boyfriend. This ex-boyfriend was her boyfriend from junior high school, and、uh, sad thing was that he, she found out he died from a car accident. So then she turned around and decided to dedicate the song to、uh, to him.、Um, we're not going to hear that song because I feel like I'm going to start crying. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well,、um, I, let's listen to a different song here. How about 如果有如果 
天空没有云朵。You are my everything and I really love you。在泪干了以后，想听你说。So about Afu's former boyfriend who passed away,、um, she said that he used to be like really like an angel. You know that's why she named the song "Angel,"、um, just like an angel protecting her all the time. You know, quietly by the side protecting her. 
Um, they used to write each other letters every day, even after he graduated and emigrated to Canada. They still kept up their letter writing. So they kept it up for about two months after he moved to Canada. But but then after that, he totally stopped writing. Um, okay, the crying part is here. All right. She kept writing him for more than a year before she stopped, thinking that maybe he's gone on to a new life or got a new relationship or something. But she then learned that he had died. She was in total shock. Apparently, so anyway, like I said, he was in a car accident and died. So um, she wanted to write that song, Angel, to remember him instead. Life is so fragile. It feels so sad to hear that story. It's almost like you know, it's happening to me. Anyway, let's have a listen to a couple more songs here. Here's 在我们的星球言论不走超过三秒 Oh, this is the latest single that she released. So let's have a listen to that now. And then the one after that, 前面路口停 featuring one of my favorite singers, Xiao Yu.
Well, on the brighter side, Afu is actually married now to a YouTuber, Hao Hao. Yeah,、um, so they married last year on Valentine's Day, and、uh, she hadn't released any album in five years, except for yeah, except for you know the one that I just played, you know this、uh, new single、uh, that she released this year. Now Afu's mom used to be very particular about her enunciating her words, you know. Especially Afu never had proper voice training before, and her mom was very particular about her posture, her etiquette. So、um, she was often on Afu's case about it. But thanks to her mom, that's why Afu can sing so well.、Um, yeah, it really is awesome being able to hear her voice again, reminisce back. The days when I introduced her, when I knew her better, and when she was more popular, I suppose. Anyway, well, that's it for this week's Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin. One last song for you. Here's 一点点喜欢 like you a little bit. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. 
Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. Thank you.